Joshua 1, 1 through 9. I am excited. I didn't even turn my mic on. Okay. Well, that's cool. We got a great service for you planned, and I want you to listen with your heart, but also listen with your ears. And God can change you and uh, get you on the path where you can be strong and courageous today. This is Base Camp, is what Dwayne's titled this series. The next three lessons will be Base Camp. Base Camp is actually what he told me is like we're ready to take Mount Everest. I had to do some looking. Mount Everest is the tallest peak in the world, and it stands about 30,000 feet, and they have base camps on the south and north end. And what you do is you climb up to these base camps and you get acclimated to the atmosphere, acclimated to the push on up to the peak. And a lot of times when you go, there's no guarantee you're going to make the peak. But hopefully in Christ, you can make what you need to make out of your life and he can accomplish a great deal in your life. But this base camp is to encourage you. Today's lesson is found in Joshua 1, he said. And it's one through nine. Be strong and courageous is my major theme. He tells Joshua three times to be strong and courageous. But first, let me lay a background on what we're dealing with here tonight. Uh, Moses has been leading the Israelites. He led the Israelites uh, in Egypt, and he had all the plagues. He got the Pharaoh to release the children of Israel, and they released them after the firstborn died, okay? So they've been on the run. They get up to the Red Sea, and they think they're doomsday because Pharaoh's army's coming after them. And God holds them off, parts the Red Sea, and they walk forward on dry land. And then while the Pharaoh's army's in the middle of the Red Sea, God closes it up and defeats the Egyptian army. That's pretty amazing. And they're off to the Promised Land. They take one stop, and they're going to get the Ten Commandments from Mount Sinai. And God's given them the Ten Commandments. They worship this calf instead. They were rebellious people. And that's the way we are. We don't always want to do right. And, uh, man, God took that into account. Brings them up to the promised land. And at the promised land, he says, well, we're going to send 12 spies over and see if this is doable. And so Joshua and Caleb are, one, are two of the 12 spies that went over to the promised land. They went over there and they saw great big fruit. They saw great big cities and they saw great big armies. and They saw great big chariots and horses and all this stuff. So they get back to report to uh, Moses. And the 10 that were with Joshua and Caleb go, there is no way in heck that we're going over there because we can't defeat these clowns, okay? It's going to be a lost cause. But Joshua and Caleb said, no, our God's with us. We can do this thing, okay? And uh, for their 10 that were rebellious, they get sentenced to 40 years of wandering in the desert. And 40 years, they lost everybody that could make a decision of right or wrong, okay? They lost that generation that rebelled, okay? So this is their kids. They're now at the foothold of the promised land again. And Moses is still in leadership, but bad things are happening here. Moses is going to pass away. Moses disobeyed God by not talking to the rock and hitting the rock. And that disobedience cost him his trip over to the promised land. He got to see it from a mountain distance, but he didn't get to go into the promised land. So that's where I'm picking up in Joshua. 
They're standing at the foothold of the Jordan River again, getting ready to go over. So this is Joshua, and I'm going to pick up uh, verse 1. It says, Now it came about that after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses the servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and cross the Jordan, you all, all this people, to the land which I am now giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which your sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I have spoken to Moses uh, from the wilderness in the Lebanon, then as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea towards the setting of the sun will be your territory. Get this. No man will be able to stand uh, before you all your days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of this land, which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, has commanded you. Do not turn from the right or to the left, that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble. Be not dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wow! What an undertaking. What a challenge here. God has commissioned Moses has brought this guy up for 40 years in the wilderness under his toolage, okay, under his mentorship, and he is now ready to take and lead God's people over to the promised land, okay? This promised land was promised to Abram. It's been promised to Jacob, and Jacob, you know, his name was changed to Israel. All those kids had tribes now. And they were going to divide this into 12 tribes, all this land he's talking about here. So he's got a man for the job, and his name is Joshua. I was studying, and I thought this was cool. The name Joshua means salvation. Isn't that pretty neat? God had salvation in Joshua. Okay, it was setting up this promised land. Today, for us Christians, our promised land is what? heaven one day right we're going to go over to the promised land a new earth a new new place and we're going to live forever in heaven with our savior and that's going to be our promised land and that's salvation just as joshua was told to take uh courage okay i don't know if you know it but courage it's strange okay i got this neat story uh my dad's a dentist over in heron and uh a couple kids come up to this dentist and they go hey can you yank a tooth 
And uh, the dentist is just looking at him kind of strange, you know, and going, I am a dentist, you know, but uh, hey, can you yank a tooth? And uh, the boy goes on and says, we don't need that Novocaine. We don't need the gas. We don't need anything. Can you yank a tooth? And the, bo- the dentist is looking at the boys going, wow, he's awful brave and courageous, you know. I think uh, I might just answer yes. So he answers yes. And then the boy goes, uh, uh, the dentist asks, what tooth do you want yanked? And he goes, hey, buddy, come on, step up here. That was the friend of the buddy that was asking, okay? That's pretty courageous, but it wasn't him that's getting a tooth pulled. You know what I mean? Hey, being courageous is knowing that there's a danger. Knowing there's a thing out there that could be uh, not healthy, okay? But God doesn't call us always to look at our circumstances. He calls us to look to him. Look to the promise. Look to what he sees and not what we see. It's walking by faith is what we like to say in the Christian term. We want to live our life by faith, okay? And it doesn't always look pretty to walk by faith sometimes. Sometimes, you know, you walk right in the midst of stuff. Some things that cause us fear. I know uh, Tom Seipel out there. Uh, I know he's walking through a time where God's using him through this thing that he's battling, okay? It's cancer. We all walk through that. When we have that terminal thing and we go, hey, I got it. What's my proposition here? Do I face it with courage or do I face my circumstances? You know, you, you got to face these things, okay? Fear does come in many ways. Fear comes from, uh, man, me, I don't like the public speak a lot, okay? But, hey, I know my Savior designed me for such a time as this, okay? So I can step up and do the job that I need to do, okay? And there isn't always a comfort level when you're stepping out into this fear factor, this being courageous, okay? There is this thing of, man, this is kind of neat. This is kind of cool how God uses you when you feel so unworthy to be used. But he can do those things, and he's wanting to use Joshua in a mighty way. And uh, the reason Joshua had courage, I want you to see here in this text is, this afternoon is the death of Moses, the servant. The leader was gone, okay? And the Lord spoke to Joshua. Man, how would you always like to have God come talk to you? Would that shake you in your boots? All right? I always got this picture of Moses in my office, the burning bush that never burned up. But he said, take your sandals off because you're standing on holy ground. How God can sit there and talk to us, how he can communicate with us, And how that could inspire a little bit of fear in each one of us, okay? Because this is the great creator, right? So he's speaking to Joshua, and he says, Arise, cross the Jordan, and you and all this people, the land I have given them, every place where your sole your foot uh, is put on, this will be your land that I have given to you. Just as I spoke to Moses, I'm speaking this to you. Okay? So, man, God himself came and gave charge, gave him the calling to be the leader of his people. And he says, hey, you're the right man for the job. And he keeps encouraging by these promises. These promises that you're going to go over to Jordan. I don't want to jump too far ahead in the story, but guess what? 
the Jordan's at flood stage. Okay, I don't know if you know a lot about rivers, but a river at flood stage is not a great deal to cross, okay? It's not an easy task. But he says, Joshua, you're going to cross this river. You're going to go over into the promised land. And Joshua, I think, is going, whoa, this is tough, man. This is, this is cool, but man, I don't know if I'm ready for this, okay? And he keeps telling them that you're going to give this land that I promised, Okay. Joshua's already been over there once. Remember, he was one of the spies that said, hey, we can take this land. But one of the biggest things they saw over there were these big cities. I know there's one big city that they did want to face, and that was Jericho because of its walls. Its walls were thick. It had soldiers and chariots riding on top. It was a mighty fortress, okay? But God says, hey, I'm going to give you this land, Okay? And what are they thinking? They're thinking in human terms, right? How do I conquer a big city? Well, I need an atomic bomb, right? I need a great catapult. I need a tank. I need this, okay? But all they really need is God. And that's something I think they've kind of felt and they kind of learned as they're wandering in the wilderness as one died off that doubted. Another one died off that doubted. Another one died off that doubted. It didn't get over to the promised land. I'm thinking they're kind of seeing, hey, God's got a plan. God's got a mission. God's got a way of accomplishing this that's bigger than us. Because he did lead us through the Red Sea. He took care of the Egyptian army. He took care of all those plagues in Egypt. He could take care of these people that he promises this land to us. Okay? So, man, I think we could do it with God's promise. So that is Joshua's courage there. But I want you to see, God gets us, okay? I, I'm so glad he does because, man, there's times when I wonder, okay? There's times when I'm doubting that I shouldn't. He says, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Uh, be strong and courageous, and you shall give this people possession of this land, for I swore to their fathers and to them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to observe all I commanded you. My servant Moses commanded you, okay? So, he says it twice. He says, be strong and courageous, and then he says, be strong and very courageous, okay? I'm thinking that very is saying, hey, this is going to be something that blows your mind. Okay? Let me go back to uh, Ephesians 6 here. And I want you to see this. Before we get to Ephesians, I want to explain something to you. New Testament happens. Jesus comes on the scene. Okay? The Gospel of Matthew starts out. Jesus is going to come. And he's going to be Emmanuel. And what's that mean? God with us. Same thing he's telling Joshua. Just as he's with Moses, he's going to be with you. Wow, here he is telling us today. Hey, I sent Emmanuel. He's going to be with you, okay? It means God with us. Here it is, the end of Matthew, Matthew 28. We get to the Great Commission. We should go, therefore, to all the world, preaching and teaching and baptizing in his name. And lo, 
I am with you always. Man, did you get that? He gave the same command to Joshua that he gave to us in the New Testament. Whoa, does that fry your mind yet? You're going, man, you guys need to be Joshua. You guys need to be strong and courageous. You guys need to live this Christian life like there's no tomorrow. We need to make sure everybody knows about Jesus, right? But what keeps us from it? Our fear, right? Hey, I can't go do that. That's not happening. Hey, let me go to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. It says, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the powers and against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God. Uh, so that you will be able to resist in the evil days and having done everything to stand firm, stand firm, therefore, uh, having girded your loins with the truth. And it says also, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your shoes with preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith in which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Okay, let me set this up for you. Joshua, be strong, be courageous. I go with you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to be there the whole time. Just like I was with you with Moses. Be strong and courageous. Because he's leading about 2 million people here, folks. And all along this 40 years, guess what he's been hearing from his or 2 million people? Oh, that Moses has got us going around in circles out here in the desert. You know, I mean... All we need to do is go back to Egypt, you know. That's the kind of people he's dealing with here, you know. They didn't really want to go to the promised land, okay. And, oh, I don't know how he could do this to us, you know what I mean. It wasn't Moses doing it to them. It was their doubting, their disbelief that caused them to have this problem of the 40 years in the wilderness, okay. Now they've all died. Hopefully that seed is left. And you got Joshua and Caleb, the only two that said it could be done are living that were with that same time, that same place where they were 40 years ago, okay? And Joshua is now in charge of 2 million people. And he's going to lead them across this river at flood stage. And God's telling him, you said, God said, you know, this is the time I'm going, God, did you really say? Yes, he did. Be strong and courageous. Know that you're going over to possess this land that I promised. Okay? Does God ever lie on a promise? Has God ever lied on a promise? Never. God's promises are as good as done. Okay? They're going to go over. They're going to get across that river. 
They're going to do what God told them they're going to do. They're going to be able to conquer the city that is so fortified they had doubts about, okay? They're going to be able to do that all because of what? God's promise, okay? And I just read to you what Paul tells us in Ephesians here. Put on the full armor of God because we wrestle, we struggle with stuff we don't always see. We wrestle with spiritual beings that we can't always tell that are there, okay? We wrestle against this mind up here, okay? One of the keys he tells Joshua is to keep all his commands that Moses commanded him to do, okay? And keep his law and meditate on it day and night. You might ask, Brent, what's the big deal here? Here it is. Joshua didn't have the whole book. Okay, this is the whole book here that we know, okay, until he comes back again, and then we'll take on some more, okay? But this is the book. Joshua's book was the first five books of the Bible, okay? Moses wrote those first five books. Those are called the book of the law, the book of the Pentateuch, how to run things, how to get things done. God's Ten Commandments are in there. Uh, everything there is of how to go to war. I didn't know this, but this is so cool. Uh, listen to this. Deuteronomy 21 through 4. It says, when you go out to battle against your enemies and seeing horses and chariots and people more numerous than you, do not be afraid of them. For the Lord your God who brought you up from the land of Egypt is with you. And here it is. When you are approaching the battle... The priest shall come near and speak to the people. He shall say to them, Hear, O Israel, you are approaching the battle against your enemies today. Do not be faint of heart. Do not be afraid or uh, tremble before them. For the Lord your God is one who goes with you into fight for you, fight against your enemies to save you. Wow. Can you believe that's in the book of Deuteronomy? Before they go into battle and before they know that all these numerous people are going to be after you, you got a God that's going to go into battle with you. Man, that's pretty awesome, isn't it? You think they won the battle? I think so. There's a good chance. My God's pretty big, isn't he? He can handle those kind of odds. But he said, hey, don't tremble. Don't worry. Because he knows about us. He knows that we see this stuff out here that will cause us distraction. That will be detrimental to our faith. Okay? Here it is. The children of Israel were promised the land, right? All they had to do is go over by faith and claim it. Same with us today. We are promised an abundant life. In John 10, 10, he says, hey, Tim, I got a life that's going to blow your mind, man. It's going to be the best life you've ever lived, okay? But all you got to do is claim it, man. All you got to do is live it. And I'll give you somebody to help. He gives us the Holy Spirit that walks with us and we accept him as our personal Savior. And he allows us to live this Christian life in a way that is going to be abundant, in a way that's going to be exciting, okay? Just like Joshua 
taken over to the promised land, the people that were promised. Okay? But all along, you got people that don't always see with God's eyes. They see with human eyes. And they think this is impossible. They think that can't be. God can't do that. Can God do that? Hey, be strong and courageous. Because God can. Here's the thing. As I was studying this text, I'm going, why does he tell Joshua three times to be strong and courageous? Three times he tells Joshua to be strong and courageous. You know why I think he did that? It's so Joshua's ready for the battle. For Joshua to be ready to go, itching to go, because God's telling him to be strong and courageous. Okay? He's saying, hey, Joshua, I know things are going to be looking bad, but be strong and courageous. Just as with uh, Moses, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be there to get this job done. Every place your foot falls is going to be the ground I promised, and it's going to happen. So it's to pump you up. But he gives Joshua one stipulation. This isn't like a superhero thing, but, uh, you know, kryptonite or anything. But he says, hey, you know this book I gave Moses? I want you to meditate on it. I want you to know it. Follow my principles. Follow my guidelines. Don't go to the right. Don't go to the left. Be right on. Okay? Because I meant every word I said in this book. Okay? And you know I mean business because I gave you the Ten Commandments. And he's seen what happened at the foot of Mount Sinai. Okay? So he's supposed to be taking this thing on. But he says, meditate on this day and night. Why do you think he had to meditate on it? God, I got it. I got it. I see it out here. I know it. I've been there before. I can do it, God. I can do it. Why does God want you to meditate? Struck me kind of weird, too. I said, God, why do you want us to meditate on your word? Because this word is life, guys. This word is our roadmap to our future. Even today, this thing's the roadmap to my future. And I need to not be so busy in life where I take time to meditate on it. Thank you to the U version. I do my scripture verse every day. I got a reading plan I can go along with. I got that. But you'll be surprised how many times throughout the day, and there's times when I get up here to lead us before the service, and I look at my memory verse, I'm going, that's exactly what Dwayne's preaching on. Man, what's the deal? That's exactly what I needed. That's it. And I can share that with somebody. I can share it with you. I can share it with any time. But, you know, that helps keep my mind focused. Because my mind has a tendency to wander. There was this monk named Lawrence. Lawrence goes, hey, this meditation stuff's pretty cool. I think I'll try it. I think I'll try to meditate on God all the time that I'm awake. So this monk named Lawrence started off the first week, and he goes, man, this is hard. I don't know if I can do this. I keep getting distracted. And you know monks live in sanctuaries and stuff, and there ain't that many distractions. They don't have cell phones. They don't have a lot of stuff, but there's stuff that gets in your way of meditating on God's word. Think of us. What gets in our way of meditating on God's word? Work, kids, 
being busy, a job, you know, I mean, we got all kinds of stuff that gets in our way, right? I just don't have time, Lord, I got to feed the dog. You know, I mean, it's just one of those deals. But he says to meditate on it day and night because there's a connection between our heart, our mind, and what comes out of our mouth. There's a connection. In Proverbs, it says 3, 5, and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understandings. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path straight. There's a connection, folks, in what we meditate on. There's a connection on what we fill with. I was a computer programmer there for a while. Thank God I'm not because computers frustrate the daylights out of me. But they always had this phrase, garbage in is garbage out. You fill this thing with garbage, you're going to get garbage out. You fill this thing with good stuff, God's word, you're going to get some of that stuff out. Amen? That's the way he said Meditate on it day and night. Read it. Understand it. Talk about it. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 6 here. I'm running out of time. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Man, there it is again, is it not? These words which I have commanded you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up, you shall bind them on your... uh, as a sign of your hand, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorpost and in your houses and on your gates. Wow, is God's word important or what? Hey, wake up, folks. This is part of the law that I read out of. That's the part that he was talking about to Joshua in the first five books, Deuteronomy being the fourth book. He's saying, hey, my word is important. Hear it. Know who I am. Know my strengths. Know what I can do in your life. Okay? I even got wristbands. Roth, that's a great thing we do is give wristbands out during basketball and do a little devotion. But you know how many times I get people to come up and say, hey, what's that wristband say? Hey, it gives me a chance to share we go down to New Orleans, so what's one of the best things besides passing out a track is, hey, I'll give you this wristband. Would you like it? It's a pretty color, but it's got God's word on it. And every time God's word goes out, will it go out void? Will it go out and not be taken? No. God says there's a promise with this word. God says there's power in his word. Man, that's important, guys. And we miss it sometimes, but he told Joshua, I know that you're the leader. I know that you've got many things that you need to be doing. But one of the big things I want you to be doing is meditating on my word. Taking time to know who I am. Taking time to know how I dislike sin. Take the time to know the Ten Commandments. It breaks my heart as a youth pastor sometimes. 
because they've got parents out there that sometimes don't teach their kids nothing. You might go, Brent, you're kidding me. No, I'm not. I'll say turn to the book of John, and they'll start in the first book of the Bible. You're going, wow, man, we got a lot to work here. You know what I mean? But hey, we need, as parents and as this church, we need to be diligent in teaching God's word. All right? God's word's fun. A vacation Bible school, it breaks my heart not to do it this year. But man, God's word is a big deal, okay? We got to understand that it's a big deal. We got to understand that we need to get God's word out at all costs because it can change a life. Let me tell you a story about a little boy named Josh. He lived right down the street from me. Him and his sister. And the sister's name's fading to me right now, but uh, man, I just got in contact with him last month. He saw me on Facebook. Since this COVID thing's been going on, I've been more active on Facebook. He goes, Brent, I just want to tell you, you taught me so much. And I'm going, wow, this is a kid that used to ride with me to church at least for two years or a year or so. But I do remember him, and I do remember giving him taffy and stuff like that and candy and stuff if he knew some scripture verses. And one of the scripture verses he quoted me right back to me, he says, Brent, I've been in prison. I've been places that you shouldn't even go. But one thing that stuck with me is this one scripture verse you taught me, 1 Thessalonians 5.18. I know exactly what it says. It says, pray continually. He said, you don't know how much that's helped me through this stint in my life where I was rebelling, through the stint in my life when I was running from God. He says, that meant more to me because he said, every time I thought of that, I thought how much you cared for me, how much you took the time to instill that in me. I'm going, wow, God, you used me in a way that I couldn't even imagine. But this kid lived right down the road from me, and thank God I took the time to instill in him scripture because you never know when that's going to come back. My own kids, you guys know, I raised them here in this church, and I'm very proud of them because they've done Bible drills their whole life. I mean, Bible drills was huge in their life. Looking back as a parent, I'm thrilled to death they did Bible drills. I'm thrilled to death. But looking back, it was the, one of the hardest things me and Tracy had to do is teach our kids the Bible. Why is that? It's because of the time and day we live in. They could always find something else to do. They could always go swimming at a friend's house. They could always do something else than memorize scripture. But one of the things they remember most is the scripture verses they learned. And man, as a dad, I'm just thrilled to death to be able to say, hey, I got a daughter, I got a son that lived their life by God's word. It's not they don't know about God's word. They know and live by God's word. And I'm so excited to say, hey, that took a lot of work. But hey, on this Father's Day, this is one of the good things that I can reap as a father. Let me tell you this scripture in John 3. As I was studying for this, I said, man, God, i got to read that for these people today. You know, the more and more I do this preaching thing, the more and more it gets a little easier. The more and more I trust him, the more and more I see how God uses me. Listen to this. I've always had trouble reading. I've had a learning disability, but God's overcome a lot in my life. Listen to this. Beloved, I pray that 
in all respects that you have prosperous prosperity and be in good health just as your soul prospers for I was very glad when you brethren came and testified to your truth that is how you are walking in the truth I have no greater joy than this than to hear of my children walking in the truth Wow, that comes out of Third John, man. John's getting it. I, this is I'm getting it, man. This word stuff's big. It's a truth, okay? This love thing is big. It overcomes a multitude of sin. We said in First Peter four eight, God can do a big deal in this broken world, as Dwayne was preaching last Sunday. But it takes you living God's word out to people. Here it is. They won't always tune into Facebook. They won't always tune into YouTube. But they'll turn into your life. Because you'll hit those people every now and then that go, hey, that person's got it together. I wonder what they do. And that's your chance to shine. That's your chance to give them a sermon by the way you live your life. By what God's doing in your life. You need to do that. Take every advantage because that might be the key to getting them into the promised land. Amen? They have that gospel presented to them where they can accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and know that he walks with them too. And they can overcome some of these fears that they face. They can overcome some of these hard times that they face. But be strong and courageous. Man, I can't tell you enough. It wasn't because Joshua was a chicken. It was because he hadn't claimed God's promises yet. But God knew what was happening on the inside, that he needed to be strong and courageous. Let me give you another story. New Orleans, the first time I went down there. You all think I was just natural at that. I wasn't. But I saw something in my brother's life that I said, i got to have some of that. Phil Nelson, he's a guy that quotes the Bible. He knows the Bible word for word. He can do it all. And he goes down there and has a ball interacting with people. And I see God use this man in other people's lives. And I said, man, God, you're too good. I got to go have some of that. You know what I mean? Even the food's good. So, you know, that's good. So, you know, I go down there and I'm going, What's a bunch of partiers going to listen to me about Jesus about? And the first time I went down there, this old lady, old black lady, called me over to her car. She had a crippled kid in the back of the car at this parade. She says, hey, I know you represent Jesus. Can you just pray over my child? I'm going, dang, you better believe it. I can do that. And to that lady, I was a superhero that day. It wasn't because anything Brent did. It's because I knew my Heavenly Father, and I was able to communicate that love, that prayer that needed to happen right then and right there. So that was awesome. But God has got an abundant life out there. All we have to do is be strong and courageous. Right? All right, I'm going to try this one thing. I know you're few and far between, but I want you to make it up. God tells us to be 
All right. If I was listening on the radio, I wouldn't buy it, okay? All right. Here we go. One, two, three. All right. It's getting better. We ain't there yet. Now, he said it three times, so we're going to go for the third time. One, two, three. Be strong and courageous. All right. Very good. And that's what Joshua had to learn to deal with getting into the promised land of being strong and courageous. And he faced many a challenge, guys. God doesn't always give us a battle plan for how this is going to be accomplished, okay? He doesn't say do this A, B, and C. He just says, trust me. I promise, trust me. Have faith. Walk that faith out. Do that, okay? But here's the deal. You have to do that. It might seem weird to you. Just as walking around the city six times and then walking around seven times and then getting a loud shout at the end to conquer a city. I didn't even have to raise my sword. He can do the impossible. As he told Mary, with God, all things are possible. Guys, when we're going to start to believe it, when we're going to start to live like it, all things are possible. God can do anything he wants. He just wants you to get on board. Be strong and courageous. Are you getting this at base camp? Are you ready to take the summit? Are you ready to take the hill? Be strong and courageous. I'm here to pump you up, to let God do something big in your life. He can do it. I can. I can just point you to the one that can. But be strong and courageous because God can do a multitude of things that we think is impossible. Okay? All right. Let's bow forward to prayer and uh, we'll close. Tell my Father, I'm so thankful to be your servant. I'm so thankful that Brother Dwayne chose this scripture tonight. I wrestled with it all week. But I know you're just trying to tell us Hey, get past it. Be strong and courageous. I'm going with you. I got a battle plan. Have faith in me that you can do it. Because I created every inch of you. And I know exactly what you're going through. Because he walks with us. If you don't know Jesus Christ today, I pray that you come to know him as your personal Lord and Savior. If you're out there and you need a church home, man, this is a great place. I want you to join. Come by and pay us a visit. Don't let fear keep you out. Be strong and courageous. As you could just say that a couple of times, I know that helps you walk out that fear. Be strong and courageous. Help us to see, God, that that's you telling us, not me. In your word, it says that. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.